G'day legends and welcome to the Soaked Down Under podcast. I'm your host Jared and joining me tonight are John and Liam. How are you John? Oh, I'm crook. <laughs> yeah, it's starting to heat up here in Queensland, which means everyone's getting sick. So I've clearly picked something up in the office, but I'm glad to be here on my day off from sick. <laughs> sick leave. And how are you, Liam? Ah, oh, well, I've not been hit by any cars this week, so that's an improvement on last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all good. All good here, thanks. Yeah, so uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. We're starting a little bit later than usual this week. Technical difficulties on my end. Computers has gone, uh, I don't know, I want to throw it against the wall. So uh, good, <laughs> good start. So try trying to have, have a fun night here. So we'll just, um, that's why I look a little awkward as usual, you know, off the phone and everything, but we'll crack on. So thanks everyone for sticking there. And um, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do so. We really appreciate all of your support. So what we'll do, we'll, um, we'll start off with the, um, the review of the Celtic 2 Hearts nil from the weekend. I'm just going to jump over in for the starting lineups. Hey, lost my camera. We're doing this. Good fun. So we had Joe Harding goals, Juranovic, Kardavikas, Jens and Taylor. Midfield of O'Reilly, McGregor, Turnbull, Maeda, Furuhashi and Jota up front. Liam, what was your take on the game? I thought it was a very professional and very thorough way of doing things. Um, you know, not not the best game, not the best performance, but after the way other results had gone the day before, just winning was the most important thing. And we did that, and we never honestly looked like anything. You know, as soon as Kyogo scored that first goal, you're never a hundred percent confident until you get a second, which you know we eventually did. But it, it never at any point did I feel like Hearts were going to take anything from us because they just didn't threaten. I don't think they did. They even manage a shot on target the entire game. I don't think they did. It was funny you say that as well because like you hear like Robbie Nelson after the game carrying on about the amount of oh the amount of fouls and the amount of cards they got and the amount of fouls we had and no cards and all this sort of stuff. And they're like, excuses, excuses. The usual Robbie Nielsen early season, they get beat by us and they start having a sook about all sorts of rubbish. So, um, yeah, it was, it was the key thing was picking up the three points, as you said, Liam. But, yeah, good thing is we come out of it, goal at each end of the game, and, um, yeah, we're sitting on top of the league looking down on Rangers. That's the way the song goes, isn't it? Yep. Strains of the Doctor. How hail Father Muck is. Nice. Nice one. What was your take on the game, Johnny? Well, I um, I think any other day, and we would have won by more than two, I think. And we were just, just off it um, by like half a yard, if you like. Just off it by a slight mark. Um, the amount of chances we had, thinking of like, you know, Hatate's... Um, shot that just sort of drove to the left side of the goal. Um, I think O'Reilly had sort of an overhead kick. I think um, Kyogo had one as well that sort of went, um, or maybe not an overhead kick, but he sort of tried to volley it and turn his body and it just went wide. Um, I thought their keeper had a really good game. Look, I think any other day, like I said, we would probably have won by more than two. Um, I think Hearts did very, very well at breaking down our flow. I think sometimes we sort of... um, it was a bit not quite headless chicken, um, but we we never really had that sort of 
clear-cut direction which we normally have in some of the other games but I think that's more of a testament to how Hearts broke us down um, than how we played poorly or anything because I don't think we played poorly at all um, but yeah again just slightly not um, a little bit unclinical but I think everyone had you know an above average game to be honest I couldn't necessarily say that our oh, blah 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 is to blame here and I think everyone played um, very very well uh, I think our midfield engine is is um, becoming deadly absolutely deadly I think if I'm not mistaken Tur- it was Turnbull who passed through to Maeda who got us the first goal and and that started from Carter Vickers so it, it all just went you know boom 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 and, and that's the sort of stuff you want to see really direct attack and passing and stuff and um, I think Maeda's been a little bit um, not underrated so far but maybe not spoken about heaps um, but he's he's always he always puts a shift in and that cross is exactly what was needed. Nothing too ridiculous so that um, Kyogo couldn't get anything on it, but quick enough that defenders couldn't get in there first. It was perfect. So, um, yeah, Taylor and Maeda, for me, are the ones that are really standing out so far. And Jota, of course. We can't really speak. We can't really talk about anything but Jota's performance so far. But, yeah, very good game. But, um, yeah, maybe more on another time, another day. Yeah, I agree with you on that, John. So much. Um, was, was it Stewart made quite a few saves there that I don't know. I don't know much about the goalkeeper, but yeah, he's. You could tell he's um, you know, training under Greg Gordon there because some of the saves he got to were Gordon-esque as well. But and by that I mean a little bit out of the arse. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit. Oh, no, I thought I thought the keeper, yeah, I was going to say he was a bit scrambly there, but I don't think that was fair. I think he just, some of the balls, it was pure reactionary, right? Which is what you want out of the keeper. I, I thought he had, Hart's keeper had a good game, um, despite everything. I thought, I mean, the amount of fouls, they were, the, the, the amount of um, shirt pulling and, and um, who was the boy? Was it Cochrane who got sent off? Yeah, you know, throwing yeah. elbows over it. Um, Juranovic and stuff. I mean, it's just dead. dead, dead. That's the, that's a sign of a team who's already lost in their heads when they're when they're starting to do stupid shit like that. So um, that's what you want. You just, you want to break them mentally first, right? Like, <laughs> you want you want to just break them in every department. So um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I I think Hearts is shaping up to be an all right side um, this season. Um, hopefully, they do quite well in Europe and stuff, and that that will help us with the coefficient. But um, there was a couple of times, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, or you feel differently, where I think uh, we could have done better in our defensive phases. And I think Hearts had a little bit of joy out of us. Um, I can't remember exactly the scenario, but we had a lot of us sort of, you know, heavy metal football, all swarming at the Hearts uh, players who had possession and all they needed to do was pass around us and there was a goal opportunity there. Obviously, nothing came out of it, but I think if a better team, uh, we were playing a better team, that would have been, oh God, a bit shaky there. I'm t- thinking Champions League here. If we do something similar there and we don't get the ball, um, goal scoring opportunity. Do you know what I mean? Mm. No, exactly what you mean because there's one in the first half where they kind of angeballed us in terms of one touch pass about six of them in a row and they sprung it wide open and then the, the strike had a shot and he completely shanked it wide to the wide to the right of the goals or to the mm-hmm. left when you attack as the attacker. I looked at that going, Yeah, that's kind of the difference there was 
if that was Bodo Glimp last year, that was a goal. If that was yeah. Leverkusen last year, that was a goal. If that was whoever else we played, it was real bitter, better, so that was a goal. So, yeah, it was um, a bit of an awkward one, but got to learn from it. But as you said, we could have, any other game, that would have been a 4 or 5 nil. I think so. At this point of the season, the important thing is just picking up the points. Um, and that's, you know, that's all that matters. I think there's a, you know, the, the, the narrative in the Scottish media, and if you listen to Radio Clyde the last couple of days, it's been absolutely hilarious, the conspiracy theories. Um, the narrative's all been all about referees, you know, like uh, Hearts apparently shouldn't have had two players sent off, even though they, it was clearly... <laughs> To, it was clearly four bookable offences that the, the guys got done for. And, of course, you know, Rangers shouldn't have had two players sent off, according to the narrative. Um, but to me, the, the thing that's been totally ignored here is that both Celtic and Rangers can be got at by smaller teams. Um, Hibs set up against Rangers in such a way to have a right go at them, both physically and in terms of playing open and attacking football, and they got something out of the game. All right, they got lucky with you know red cards, but they got something out of the game. Hearts came to us, and for at least the first hour, it was just total negativity and trying occasionally hit on the break when you can. And like you just said, what, whatever opportunities they had were basically chances we gave them through our own defensive mistakes. Um, they showed very little. Into, it was only at about the 65-minute mark when Shankland and Mackay came on that they actually started looking as if they might create something. And to me, that's pathetic. That That is just pathetic. You know, Robbie Nielsen's got nobody to blame but himself for losing that game because he set, up, he set his team up to lose that game. And part of him is probably happy that they only lost 2-0 um, because we will obviously take more than two off quite a few teams this season at Celtic Park. I want to go back to something you just said there, Liam, about the way the media is portraying the cards. Because to me, I think what you're saying is the two Rangers ones were dangerous, they were foul play, and they were straight reds. Yeah. They didn't get... Hearts didn't have any straight reds. No. There was four, as you said, there was four yellow cards. Four mm-hmm. of their seven yellows were involved in this. So maybe if they had some more discipline at Hearts, this wouldn't have been an issue. So at the end of the day, you probably know someone wants to bleat like a little goat about this, saying, oh, yeah, there's just too many cards and all this sort of absolute rubbish. Sorry, mate, teach your team not to, not you know, not to grab guys with two hands in the back and pull them down or two hands. You're already on the yellow. That last guy, Sibic, and he gets sent off. He's running two hands in the back early on, professional foul. If you're already on the yellow, you already know that. Yeah. So the difference here is... That was just some rubbish ticky-tack fouls. Coach your players better. Exactly. Exactly. Totally agree. So, swinging it back around to us, any players for us we want to focus on, in particular from the game? Well, I would like to point out that Maeda now has three assists in the last four games, which for any winger is an is an Excellent return. And there's been a lot of... Now, maybe I'm just listening to the wrong podcasts and whatever, but 
a lot of the Celtic fan media that I've heard in the last couple of weeks has been like, uh, maybe my age, I shouldn't be starting. Maybe we should be going with Abada or whatever. And this is not a criticism of Abada. Abada's a, a, good, a good player, a great player. But I think Maeda offers a better all-round product. Um, he is faster. He's better in a tackle. He, work, he, he works harder in terms of tracking back. He does a lot of stuff that goes underappreciated. And in all the time I've been following Celtic, there's always been this unfortunate thing amongst us a certain section of our support where there are, there's a certain player that people get their back up and it just becomes fashionable to crap on that player. You know, we saw it last season with Greg Taylor to some extent. Um, Can I, I've got a few rattle off for you here, Liam. Last yeah. three or four seasons. Okay, so we'll go, hmm, you had Shane Duffy, you had Diego Laxalt, uh, near Bitton always, James Forrest, Mikey Johnson, Carl Starfelt last season. And now, this season, there you go. Yeah. And I think that we just need to educate ourselves a bit more and realise that not a, if just because a guy is not scoring like hat-tricks in every game, that doesn't mean he's playing badly, right? We signed Maeda to be part of an overall team that is winning and winning well at the moment. And I think we need to keep that perspective. He is an important part of that team. We, we we can be dead spoilt sometimes as a fan base. When when it's really really good, we we need we need a villain, don't we? Hmm. And it's and it's, it's it's a shame. Even when we had the heights of the Rat Era and stuff, there were still villains that we were still fixating on. And here's where we need to improve. And blah blah blah. And I guess that's what we do to an extent as well. Um, but I, I I can't really see how you can get on Maeda's case. The guy. The guy never stops, ever. And I have definitely seen, personally, an improvement in his game from last season. Last season, sometimes he would run at players at times when he probably shouldn't have, and that's opened up space behind him, and that's been an issue. He has, He's learned from that in, in, in a very short space of time, and now he hits when he's, you know, as in um, hits on a run and stuff when he's supposed to, and... Um, Attacks as a as a pack of stuff, and his his assist is is undeniable. What I mean, I can't remember why I was watching it, but there was an interview with Kevin De Bruyne recently, and and something that really, I guess, typifies a type of elite player, which was he was asked what's more important, goals or assists, and he said assists, and that's and I think that's absolutely spot on. Do you know what I mean? It, goals goals can come from any player, but very few can give you the assist that you need to actually score the goal. So I think my head is going to, I think, I think what we're going to see, what we've seen now is our team. I don't think it's going to change much at all, apart from maybe injuries. And I think my head is going to play a massive part of our season. I think we'll see the best of him in the champions league when he's not coming up against brick wall defenses every week, like he is in Scotland. Yeah. I think that's when you'll really see his class given a chance to counter-attack, which is what we see when he plays for Japan, what he used to say when he was at Yamaga and that sort of stuff. It's going to open him up with space for his speed to run into. It's going to be dangerous. But, yeah, just what I'm thinking with the team is there's going to be, as we said, and I've been saying, it's going to be a squad game of about 18 players, 17, 18 players are just going to be rotated. And as of next week, we start to go to two games a week. So once that happens... Ange will rotate. So you'll see Maeda playing. 
you'll see Jakimakis and Kyogo alternate him. You'll see Abada start to get a bit more run. You'll see Starfelt rotated in and out. So you'll start to see that sort of situation there. You'll have Rolston will start to get a game instead of Juranovic. So things like that are going to... We might actually see Bernabe as well. If Taylor starts to run out of legs or whatever, we don't want him to run into the ground like he did last year. Moy will get more of a run, so McGregor can get a bit of a breather. So last week's podcast, me and Sean got accused of being a bit too negative towards uh, Starfelt and Moy last week. And after a 5-0 result, how can you be picking on people? Well, we're not really picking at them. What, we're say- what I was saying is compared to what they replaced, there was a bit of a drop-off. And at the moment, yeah. we're seeing that with some of our subs because we're- they're not getting enough game time. But once we go to two games a week and we're playing two games a week, four games a fortnight, and just rotating, these guys, their match fitness is going to get up, their sharpness is going to go up, and there won't be as much of a drop-off, if anything. So I honestly think we've got such a strong squad that that's what I was saying, 17, 18 players there that we're going to be able to, you know, rotate guys in and out and not see any drop-off of the quality on the pitch. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So we'll uh, talking about the squad and the rotation. We'll we'll get into a bit of the depth sort of stuff that we're talking about. So Chris Julian, he has officially left Celtic. We signed him for seven million pound. He's gone for one million euro. Had a year to go on his contract. He's gone back to France to Montpellier. So my opinion is we never saw he was never the same player after he did his knee, and that's a shame. The goal that he got us in that cup final justified his whole transfer fee. Um, I wish him all the best, and um, I think, and I still don't think we're any worse off defensively. Like if you said two years ago, oh, you're going to lose lose both Ir and Julian in the space of twelve months of each other, we would have been panicking for our defense centre backs. But if you look at it, you've got Carter Vickers, you've got Jens. You've got Starfelt, you've got Welsh. We've got options there. We're good. Your thoughts, John? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm a, wee, a little bit sad about Julian. I, Julian was a bit of a um, favourite of mine. Um, I just think he completely got the team. He got the club. He got what we're about, the culture and stuff. And he, he absolutely, he drunk the Kool-Aid, so to speak. Um, I, I, I don't know if we're weak. Look, but for our first team defence, I don't think we've gotten any weaker at all. I do think we've gotten weaker in the sense of what we were just talking about in rotation. Um, even if he's, you know, dropped down in ability slightly, you know, um, I don't know if Welsh is quite there to what... Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being harsh on Welsh. Maybe my expectations are too high. I just think maybe, like, knowing that we've got Jens, Carter, Vickers... Starfelt and Julian gave me a bit of confidence in the fact that no matter what, who's in defence, I can always expect something. Um, I love him. Um, I for, for the goals that he's given us and for the for the heights and stuff, uh, some really big goals. I think in Europe, I think he scored some late headers. I seem to remember a late header somewhere. Um, and I think, to be honest, getting a million euros is not that bad, to be honest, with, with a year left. Um you know, I, I don't think necessarily every single uh, sell-on needs to be some sort of financial gain. I think uh, you, you buy a player and you get something out of them. So, you know, you're, you're paying 
you're paying a player or you're buying a player for seven million, you're paying them a wage, and you you know that's that's the fee that's involved in having that player for three years, selling them on and then getting a profit is actually a bonus. Um, so I, I I mean look, do I do I think he'll go to Montpellier and absolutely rip it up? Probably not. Um, I think I agree with you, Jared. I think he's probably doing his knee and has not ended his career, but he ain't, he's, he's never. I think Celtic's can probably be his height, but. Yeah, all the best to him. Um, and I do hope he does well, because I do like him. Before you jump in, Liam, we're going to bring up a comment from Strange Love the Doctor. When it decides to come up, here we go. Bye-bye, Julian. Thanks for the Nazi goal and the Zombie Cup goal, but I'm glad you're off ski. One game since 2020. That's the cold hard facts of it. So, yeah. your thoughts, Liam? Yeah, look, I mean... Sometimes, through no fault of a player, a manager, or a team, things just don't go the way you want them to. Uh, ever like like you said, Jared, ever since Julian got that injury, he's not been the same player. And you know, it comes down to in terms of uh, is the squad weaker. It comes down to the fundamental question: as they are now, not as they were a year or two ago, as they are now. Is Welsh someone you would have more confidence putting into the team than Julian? And honestly, I would say yes. Because I think he's come on and developed as a player in the last year or so, whereas Julian has gone the other way. He has receded since that injury. And that's not his fault. It's just that's what happens to a lot of players when they get a bad injury and they're out for effectively a year. Um, So... No, I think this is a good result for all parties, to be honest. Considering how far he was out of the picture in terms of first-team football, getting any kind of fee for him at all was a result for Celtic. Um, he's going back to his own country, to a, a smaller team where he's not going to be under as much of the spotlight every week, so he can just work on his football and work on getting back to enjoying his football, which is the most important thing for a, a player. And... Uh, yeah, I I wish him and Montpellier all the best. I think the I think they are getting a good player. I think we are freeing up some much needed wages for, you know, possibly this uh, this Montenegrin that we're looking at, uh, whose name I'm not going to try and pronounce until I've learned how to say it phonetically. Um, Don't worry, I'll, and, uh, I'll, I'll teach you. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's the thing. It's a squad game, and I think we're in a position now where Welsh is a more valuable part of the squad than Julian. And one of them had to go this summer because we'd signed Jens. So 100%. in the end, it was Julian. And I wish him well. No hard feelings. And as, uh, as Strangelove said there, thanks for the, uh, the Nazio goal and the uh, the zombie scalping goal. <laughs> Since you just Can brought just... him up. Yeah, go on. Let me, let me just... I'm going to play devil's advocate here slightly, right? <clears throat> You're saying that you see Welsh's trajectory going upwards and Julian's is going down. Do you honestly see Welsh ever being a, fir- a first team regular? To be honest with you, for me, no, but every club does need that solid third option or fourth option as a centre back pairing. Not every, not every player can be the starter, but every player can play a role. Yeah. But yeah. Julian was, Julian was our first team player for a bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but comparing apples with apples, like right now, as Liam said, I'm not going to compare Welsh now to Julian pre-injury because if we do that, it's Julian night and day. Like it's yeah, 
unbelievable. But at this exact moment in time, which is where they're both players are at right now, Welsh is the better player because Julian's done nothing since his injury and he's actually dropped off a cliff because of how badly hurt he got. But then Welsh has improved in the same time. So where the gap was massive, if you take peak Welsh now and peak Julian pre-injury, if you were to compare them now, the gap is closed. Mm. There's also the, 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 the thing about team dynamic and a harmonious dressing room. And, you know, I don't want to dig up any negativity here, but given the wording of Julian's goodbye statement, I think him and Ange didn't see eye to eye on some things. And I think Ange is a type of manager who says, like, this is my vision. If you don't buy into it, cheerio. And I think maybe that was the case with Julian. Because even when he was fit, even when we'd already won the league, and you'd think, oh, surely, surely Julian's got to get a run out now, his game time was minimal. Um, so clearly, for whatever reason, he wasn't Ange's type of player. And I think, considering the turnaround we've had in the club in the last year under Ange, if he says this is what's got to happen, I'll trust him on it. It's about standards and keeping to a certain level. And if, yeah, as you said, Liam, if that's what Ange's standards are, the minimum requirement are a certain level, and if he doesn't think Julian's at that level, then who are we to judge? Exactly. Yeah, I can hardly disagree with that. I mean, like, the, the only reason why he's been allowed to leave is because, you know, the whole Ange comment ages ago, which is like, I'm if you want to leave, I'm not going to stop you sort of stuff. If you don't want to be here, you don't want to be part of this, then... Thanks very much. There's the door. So, and clearly, and clearly that's the case. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gone. So, we've got two comments right here, boys. Strange love the doctor again. He's on on fire today. Well, she's a better footballer than Julian. At the and, moment, and, yes. Uh, yeah. uh, I don't know. <laughs> and Andrew Reid. There was a throwaway comment by Andrew regarding Julian last season, along the lines of he thinks he's a better player than he is. Okay, I think that's. Mark, I think yeah. that's. Yeah. I think that's I think that's pretty spot on. I think probably Julian um, made demands about being being a first team player. thinks thinks he was a big. I can see that. I can see that. But that's you know you need to be slightly arrogant to be a professional athlete and stuff. But so you're gonna butt heads and you're gonna move on. Um, I don't. I personally don't know if Welsh right now comparing like for like is better than Julian. Um, I don't know. I, I reckon. You, I reckon if you gave Julian five, six games, you we would all been saying different stuff. But um, you know, Ange, Ange is the one that's in charge at the end of the day, and he was the one that sees him on the training pitch and all that stuff, all those cliches. So he's moved on, and that's that. And I trust him. Yep. End of an era, basically. Off he goes. How many we got left from? Um, you know, basically before Lenny come back. Not many. Or when Lenny come back? How many we got left? We've got a McGregor, Yeti to get rid of. Forrest, that's it. Yeah. We've got McGregor, Forrest, a Yeti. I think that's pretty much all I can think of. I think you're probably right. Yep. Or Taylor. Taylor as well. Aye. Oh, of course. Yes. Turnbull? Yep. Mm, uh, maybe. Yeah, because yeah, we're going to sign him under. We're going to sign him under the rat, but his knee was cooked, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Turnbull's another one who's on a bit of a shaky nail at the moment because I think 
and again, it's just my personal opinion, and the guy's a good player, no question, but is he as good as Hatati or O'Reilly? I don't think so. So if he comes into the team for either of them, at the moment, I think there is a drop in quality when that happens. Ah, oh, do you reckon? Mm. I'm not going to rip in a Turnbull for one simple reason. Mm. Because you go back to this time last year, before O'Reilly and Hatati come in, yeah. and what did Turnbull do? He would have been one of the first names on the team sheet, week in, week yeah. out, until yeah. he injured himself really badly. Yes. So I'm not going to mark his card like that at this point. This time next year, if it's in the same situation it is now, then it's a different conversation. But right now, no. Nah. He bought that because no, I mean, um, everyone's forgetting how good he was this time last year. I, I want to just make that clear. I'm not questioning the guy's effort. I'm not questioning his ability. What I'm, I just feel that he is not in our strongest 11 at the moment. That's that's just my personal opinion. I, look, I, I'm no expert in this, but I'm sure um, Turnbull's like expected goal assist is uh, the highest of our midfield. I think I think he I think I know what you're saying, Liam. Right? Like he mm. does he doesn't seem to be doing heaps, but see his like deadly passing that ends up in goals. I don't I think his is the highest stats in our midfield. I think we're getting different. I think what we we're in this really luxurious position now, where we've got different types of midfield, different types of players all over the pitch, right? So we can yeah. play a player when it's right. I personally like Turnbull more than Hatate. I think Hatate is better when he's very good, but he's a bit hot and cold. Um, so when he's very very good, it's it's almost an, it's almost impossible to drop Hatate. I think Turnbull gets you more of a consistency, um, and those deadly passes are you know gets his goals. So you just you got that luxury, right? Who do you play when when you need to, sort of stuff? I think you'll probably see Hidate playing in Champions League. Yeah, we've got I a mean, comment here from Michael McDonald just before you, Liam. Turnbull's a good squad player, but I can't see him starting many games. Um, we'll I see. agree with the first point. Disagree with the second because it's a squad game, and I think domestically, especially, Turnbull's going to have a big role to play this year. Yeah, I agree with that. Talking about the squad, this Todd's in perfect to segue something you mentioned earlier about the guy you can't pronounce, Liam. Said Haksabanovic. Haksabanovic. So, Bosnian father, grew up in Sweden. They played at a few clubs. 23 years old. Uh, 67 Hail Hail. They had an interview with a um, Swedish journo who's covered him for years, and yeah, he was he was saying that he's more a right-footed left winger who likes to come inside. So he's basically plays a similar style to Jota, but he can also play the ten and the right wing. So he's he plays across the front, across the, th- the three midfield and and winger positions. If that makes sense, that in our system. So he'll add some more. Um, had some more depth there, had some more talent, but apparently he's the sort where he's... They're saying they can't really see him coming in to be a bench player long-term. So two things. First of all, I want to ask you boys, if he was to come in, does this mean the rumours are true that there's going to be someone going out? And if someone's going out, does this mean it's the end for Mikey Johnson at Celtic? Okay, go, John. Um, no, I don't think anybody's leaving. I, 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 
<laughs> we've got quite a young squad, right? None of them are unnecessarily massive names right right now. Um, and just thinking about this, at that sort of age, to leave a team that's guaranteed to play in the Champions League is utterly madness. Nobody's doing that. Unless they go into another Champions League team for stupid money, but but <laughs> Champions League teams are hardly going to be looking at Soic right now to be looking at a team looking at players to improve themselves. But, uh, and that's just, I think that's the, I think that's my honest, that's the honest opinion, right? We'll see what that's like after we get the group stage, well, after the group stage and stuff. But right now, they're just not doing that. They're looking at each other in different parts and stuff. Um, I, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I would say that um, whether he's going to come in as a, a squad player or not is kind of irrelevant, right? I think if, if you're sitting, if you're sitting down with Ange and Ange just says, hey, I'm, I guarantee nobody first-team football. But what I can tell you, that, tell you this is I rotate my team heavily. I expect everyone to give me absolutely everything for as long as they could possibly go for. So if you can run full pelt for 70 minutes, you do that. And then I get somebody else on and they run for the rest of it. Um, I, I, I think that's going to... That, that appeases nearly every single player. Um, and with the Champions League stuff, yeah. I can't see anybody leaving at all. Um, at any point, and I can't necessarily see him being like a bench warmer either. I think it's just it's not Andrew's style. I'm going to slightly disagree with that, just on the basis of one thing that Ange said at the press conference before the Hearts game last week. Um, he was asked about players going out as well as players coming in, and he specifically said he wanted to get Mikey Johnson out somewhere and get him some game time. So he did actually right. say yeah. specifically. I, <laughs> totally forgot about MJ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that, he's he gone. He's out. Mikey Johnson out on loan. But I think Ange still thinks there's a guy there who could play a part in Celtic in the future. I think he still sees the potential there. But he needs to go somewhere and get a good run of, you know, 15, 20 games and show that, that he can do it. And, uh, I would be personally in favour of loaning him to like a, maybe a Hibs or a Dundee United or something. Someone where he's going to play the same teams he'd be expected to play against with Celtic, but there's also the chance he might do us a favour with a wee goal against the Zombies at some point. You know? So there's a comment here from Michael Ross. Loan him to mm. the Sheep. Yep. Yeah, their fans will love that with their banner, won't they? <laughs> <laughs> I've got actually a different one for you. And it ties into the next thing we're going to talk about, the um, Champions League draw. But for me, the place I reckon Mikey would be good to go online to because of the style of play that they play mm. and in terms of the pressing and, that, and the pace they play at and because we've, you know being there and, and everything. A little bit from left field, if you're going to put him outside of Scotland, let's send him to Bodo Glimt on loan. Hmm. I'm just thinking one. outside here. It's cold weather, so he'll still, still be good for when he comes back to Scotland. They play at the press, the higher tempo that, that we play at, similar sort of thing. Hmm. It could be a nice one for him. And Bodo is actually one of the two teams that's playing off tomorrow yeah. For if they win their tie, they're in the group in pot four with us. Ah, uh, so we couldn't play them. So yeah, so that he, would make he, sense. He'd be cup tied against us as well, and we can't play them. So I'm yeah. thinking, 
it could work. Do you think Bodo Glimt would want somebody like Mike Johnson, though? I actually did a Google search, and they are looking for a winger. Because oh, well, one of their guys is being linked with a move away. I, I think I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't see any loan deals, personally. I, I reckon he's gone on a permit. It's the end of him. This um, hack, Sabinet, Sanford, yeah, that's... <laughs> how do you say it again, Jared? Hack... Hack Sabanovic. Hack Sabanovic. Yeah. Hack Sabanovic. God, that's a mm. mouthful, isn't it? Sounds um, like a Croatian journalist that's been barred from Ibrox, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Hacksaw Ridge. So, I don't know, whatever you want to call him. Um, I, if he comes in, that's the end of Mikey Johnson. He's, he'll, it'll, be, it'll be a loan to buy somewhere. It'll, or, or just a permanent. I don't, I don't think... I, I, I like my, I've liked him for a while. I've been desperately wanting him to make it. Um, and he's just never cut it. He's never really lived up to it, so I think he's gone. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you might well be right. You might well be right. Um, but another another potential destination for him that's been mentioned is Belgium, because you know we do have this thing of like loaning players out to the Belgian league, and uh, a certain. Uh, Marion Schved apparently downed tools for Mechelen at the weekend to try and force through a transfer. So there's a Belgian team that's in need of an attacking player. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah. That kid had... Uh, yeah, that's uh, another one that I thought was going to do very, very well, but because um, of that goal, I forget who it was, actually. It was somewhere in Sofia, wasn't it? Or um, was Sarajevo, I think it was. Sarajevo, uh, yeah. Aye. I think that was. we all went, wow, this kid could go go places and stuff, and it's almost unsurprising that he's down tools. He's, he's obviously a guy that just doesn't settle because the fact that he wants to go back to Ukraine, even considering what's going on there right now, um, you know, he's obviously very, very homesick. And uh, I think he's just a guy who will be happy playing in his own country, in his own league. And that's just the way it is, you know. Yeah. Yep. All right. So talking about the Champions League draw, we have a comment here. Uh, I'm just going to find it again because I marked it here. Michael Rost. Champions League draw is 5 p.m. here. What time is that in Oz? So that's 5 p.m. Thursday, isn't it, over there? Which yeah, would fine. be 2 a.m. Friday over here. Ooh, I Guess what? Up for that. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So basically... Um, what I'm going to say, we've got, uh, there you go, so there's a comment here anyway, from uh, Dan at Stoward at Grabado. Mike, I think it's 2am here in Sydney, spot on. So what we'll do is we're going to go through the Champions League draw. I want to know what your ideal group of group would be and what you, your personal group of death would be for Celtic. Okay, so I'm going to go through and read you the pots. Yep. And we'll go from there. Now, I've already put my ones together, and mine actually perfectly match what they put in the uh, the Sun newspaper today. So, um, on an article there, so interesting. But So, pot one, Real Madrid, Eintracht Frankfurt, Man City, AC Milan, Bayern Munich, PSG, Porto, Ajax. Pot two, Liverpool, Chelsea, Barcelona, Juventus, Atletico Madrid, Sevilla, uh, Red Bull Leipzig, and Tottenham. 
Pot three, Russia Dortmund, Red Bull Salzburg, Shakhtar Donetsk, Inter Milan, Napoli, Sporting Lisbon, Bayer Leverkusen, and Benfica. And then in pot four, it is Club Bruges, Celtic, Maccabi Haifa, Victoria Pilsen, Marseille, and then the winner of the Rangers PSV tie, the winner of the Trasponsa Copenhagen tie, and the winner of Dinamo Zagreb Bodo Glimp tie. So, bring up Strange Love, the Doctors one here. Real Madrid, Liverpool, Sporting Lisbon. Let's have it. That's mad. <laughs> now, my question, Strange Love, can you just confirm for me? Is that like your group of death, or is that your preferred group of who you actually want? So, Liam, do you want to give well, me your preferred? Do you have the list in front of you, or do you need? Yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got the list here. Um, okay. Just going to say, so, no, no, no disrespect to Strange Love, but if he thinks we've got any chance of going through in that group, please give me a pint of whatever <laughs> he's drinking. <laughs> so Strange Love said that's who you want. Michael mm. Ross has put in Porto, Revenge, Spurs. Mm. We have a great record versus English teams. Sporting Lisbon, unbeatable. So that's yeah. his group that he wants. Michael McDonald, I want Liverpool for a couple of reasons. Yes, yeah, so they can mm. see how to sing You'll Never Walk Alone properly. Yep, 100%. Shots yep. fired. <laughs> um, okay, Liam, so right. we'll go for your, your preferred group. Okay, so to give us the best chance of getting through, um, Pot 1, Frankfurt. Um, yeah, they won the Europa League, but I don't think they were that convincing in doing it. They were lucky to get past West Ham, and they were even luckier to get past Rangers in the final. Um, so, yeah, I would take them. Uh, Pot B, um, I would probably go with Spurs, simply because they are a team that blow hot and cold, and if we're lucky and catch them on an off night, we just might get a result. Um, pot three, uh, I would say Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, a good team, but the fact they're not playing at their home stadium, even though they're going to have a massive support, is going to be to their detriment. Um, and, you know, the unfortunate reality is we don't know what, what state emotionally, mentally, physically, their squad is going to be in as the months go on. So that is an advantage for anybody who's playing them. Um, so, yeah, that would be my my group t- to give us the best chance of getting through. Just for sheer glamour, um, games that I would want and that I would enjoy watching, even if we get absolutely pumped, uh, Real Madrid, um, Liverpool, and... Dortmund. So, John, you ready to go with yours, or do you want me to go with mine first? No, I can go with mine. I went with a very different mentality. I went. I <laughs> look up all, all my cards on the table here. I think we're gonna. I think we'll struggle to get through. To be honest, I think the teams are a big step up for us. But anyway, money, ching ching, and um, big glamour ties. I actually went with. Because I normally go away with my family <laughs> for the European. Have a laugh. There you go. Have a laugh at this comment beforehand. 
RL77, we will pump everybody and top the group. You read it here first. Yeah, here first. yeah all right. RL77, please put me in touch with your dealer. <laughs> <laughs> or your psychiatrist, because I want those I want those meds also. Um, so I went with, where do I fancy a little holiday? That was, that was, that was, that was basically oh, so, you, so you went the away day theory. Okay, cool. Yeah, I went with the away days, right? Now, right. I went. We stayed in Cologne when we went and played um, Borussia Mönchengladbach, and I had a absolutely fantastic time in Frankfurt. So I'm going to Frankfurt for sure. That's that was those three little towns next to each other or cities. They're class. So I'm I'm going back there again. Um, I went. I, I kind of struggled here because I went with, with a German team. I obviously can't have Leipzig, but I quite like Leipzig. It's fairly near Berlin, so it'd be quite good. But Sevilla would be good as well. Um, so a little, you know, a little Spanish trip that'd be fantastic. So I went on a Spanish trip, and then I was, I've always liked sport in Lisbon. I love Portugal. Uh, I'm so I think Lisbon fantastic city. So I went with sport in Lisbon. So that's my three: Frankfurt, Sevilla, and sport in Lisbon. That's not bad, is it? What about your group of death? Well, again, I went with a bit of a different mentality of like instead of who's going to pump us, which I think is a lot of teams. <laughs> I went with who can I just, who do I actually hate? As clubs, I can't fucking stand their fans, right? I have to say, Liam, I really despise Tottenham, but that wasn't that wasn't mm. one. I went with <laughs> I went with Ajax because mm. they're foul. I hate them. I went with Chelsea because they're also dickheads, um, yeah. and I'm pretty sure I don't think we've ever had any problems with them. But I'm pretty sure Napoli fans are mental. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. those 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 were my three. Let's just not play any of these because shit's going to go down, sort of teams. Yeah, Napoli. Look, given their their alleged connections to the Cosa Nostra, I just want to make it clear: I have no problem with Napoli fans. <laughs> anybody in that city or anybody related to that club, thank you very much. But, I, I, but <laughs> Napoli would be a a brilliant place to go on a little away day as well. Actually, like I know their mm. their fans are fennel, their fans are mental, and you'd have to probably hide after the game. But um, you know, <laughs> a little holiday pizza would be great. I don't know. Yeah. So for me, I had it as. Okay, from pot one, I've gone Ajax. Or is it going to be Ajax or Porto? The reason I went Ajax is because we tend to always draw them anyway. And if they're from pot one, that's the lesser, lesser of your evils you can get from there. The reason I didn't go Porto is because in pot three, I want Sporting Lisbon. I want us to go back to Lisbon. So that was that reason. And in pot two, I've gone Leipzig because we played them before. They never, they didn't completely outclass us. We've done well against some German teams. I think if we had that exact group there, we're a chance to finish third and go and be guaranteed Europa League football after Christmas, which, that, which is the key thing here. I want European football after Christmas. Now, group of death. So I'll go here. Pot one, either PSG or Real Madrid. Pot two, Liverpool. Pot three, Inter Milan. Yeah. Because no matter what the whatever teams they are, all four teams in the group would have won the European Cup before. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a tough one there, but yeah, it'll be a, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. And yes, Michael McDonald, 100%. It's part of my thought process about Ajax. We owe them a pumpkin for their behaviour last time. Correct. Yeah, they really do. Mm. So, if 
that's the case, and that's our Champions League thing, now just for a quick laugh, which teams do you want to... Uh, do you want, if Rangers somehow get in, who do you want them to draw? <laughs> oh, God. Give them, give them Chelsea because they've nothing else to fight and it'll be funny to watch. Yeah, even you can't blame, but then they can blame the Chelsea fans. I was I was going to say give them give them Napoli because of the ties there that we've already discussed, and then in part yeah. one, I was going to say let's let's if we give them Chelsea, we can't send them back to Manchester though. Uh, but then you give them you could I was going to say you could give them Ajax, yeah. but. No. Rogers fans like Ajax and Chelsea. They all get on. Yeah. Hey. So let's let's send them That's down buds. to um. I say let's send them to Bayern because guess why? The German police won't tolerate their crap and they'll just lock them all up. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> also good to watch some hun on hun action. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. So we'll see how the um the draw is done tomorrow. Is there any um? Is there any Turkish teams that could still get in? Because you know I watched Midnight Express again Trabons- recently. Yeah, and I- <laughs> yeah there's, there's one team, Trabonspor. All right, they won get, the Turkish league. If the Huns get through, give them them, and they'll all end up in the jail getting. <laughs> same same pot, but yeah, yeah. God, going to Turkey, that'd be mad yeah. as well. Wait, wait. Uh, so yeah, we'll just we'll talk about the whole um. <laughs> Sorry, I just read a comment here. Mm-hmm. Celtic Rabideau. Chelsea and Steal them in the stadium to fight it out. <laughs> make it a Hunger Games. Cavity Search FC. Uh, put yeah, the, there, put, here we go. Put the in Hunger Games. <laughs> PSV will put them out tonight. Hope, hope so, Michael. So, yeah, all I'm going to say is once the draw is done for us, we know what's going on with the mob across town that we can laugh at. Then we'll discuss this further on next week's podcast. But yeah, it'll be. Um, I'm hoping PSV pump them tonight. That'd be hilarious. Um, <laughs> on the weekend, us versus Dundee United. What are we expecting from that? I'm thinking it's a Jack Ross team. You know how these teams play. They'll always sit back nice and deep and uh, try to hit us on the counter. Try and he likes to. His teams like to win one nil. So. I'm saying we're going to smack them 6 0. Waft. Yeah, wow. It's happening. Um, Jack and Mac is hat trick. Jack and Mac. God, he's, he's on fire as well just now. Um, I think much of the same, to be honest. I think we'll, I don't, I don't think we'll see a change in the team. Um, uh, and I, I definitely think we'll be trying to hit them with some early goals. Uh, I, I agree with you with the Jack Ross stuff. They're either, they, they're going to be trying to hit us on the, the break and stuff and all of that. Um, really annoying shite, but um, maybe not. Maybe not six. I don't know. Could be. I'll, I'll, I'm going to go three, three nil, conservatively. Could probably more. Uh, well, I'm going to take the Rocky Four approach and hit the one in the middle. I'm going to go for four nil. Um, right. <laughs> I think that it will pan out a very similar way to the Hearts game last week, as in they will just sit and defend and defend and defend. But once we score a goal, they'll crumble. And the difference is Dundee United at the moment are nowhere near as good as Hearts. So if we get one goal, we'll get three or four. So we could easily be two or three up by halftime. And then, you know, 
that opened up the possibility for four, five, even Jared six nil. So six is on. Six is on, Liam. You just you're talking it into existence. Yep. So we've, yep. we've got Michael Ross three nil to the Hoops. Strange Love the Dockers going to expect the same performance they put up at eight against AZ in the first leg. It'll be a tough match, which ties into what you were saying as well, there, Liam. Yeah, yeah. As long as we get the three points, that's the main thing. Um, now there's another comment, Michael Ross. I have to bring this up. Breaking news: fire sale at Mordor Thursday morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and by fire sale, the stadium will be getting burnt down too. Yep. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Jerry, uh, those off anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that. Um, I heard Morelos has been linked with a move to uh, uh, a university team. Um, not to play football, they're going to sign him as a lab experiment. <laughs> <laughs> Angelo Tyro can't see why Segres, Bernabe, Welsh, Abada, and Jackamagus can't start this match. 3 0 to the Celts. Uh, I would say yes to all apart from Segres because I, I want consistency in the goalkeeper, so keep Joe Hart in unless he's injured. Yep, agree. All right, guys, what we'll do is we'll wrap the podcast up. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Final thoughts time, so I'll go first. Brendan Rogers, you scummy bastard, calm as a bitch, and I hope you get fired by Leicester in the morning. So cop that. Johnny? Too true. All right, well, on form, I'm going to do my music suggestion for, for this week. Um. Because it's Champions League, I'm trying to think of uh, an artist who's a bit more international. And at least in our neck of the woods, it's you know it suits suits quite well. Um, the artist is called Bodiku, which is B O D I K H U U. Really, really interesting guy. Not obviously not very big. More chilled vibes. Um, if you like sort of your um, R&B, a little bit of house, lo-fi stuff, something to stick on in the morning just to keep your day nice and bright. Um, this guy is a Mongolian construction worker who does uh, music pro- production at night. And all of his songs about um, his dreams of re- going to Rio de Janeiro. So they're all very Brazilian, South American vibes, but he's a Mongolian dude. Um yeah, he's, I, I love him. I listen to him probably once a week. He probably only gets, I don't know, 10,000 listeners a week or something like that. So if you like that sort of stuff, check him out, Bodaku. Uh I'm going to close up by, uh, first of all, wishing PSV all the best tonight because it's worth $3.5 million to us if they do do the business. <laughs> um, also, uh, we shout out to the Japan Football Museum in Tokyo. I had the pleasure of visiting there during my summer holidays and uh, very friendly staff, uh, one of whom was a, a Yokohama Marinos fan and quite appreciated my Dyson Maeda Celtic home shirt. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, lovely place, really interesting um, resources, not just on Japanese football, but on world football in general. There's a massive section of the uh, of the uh, museum dedicated to the 2002 World Cup. Um, also to the Japan ladies winning the World Cup in 2011, which I'm amazed that hasn't been made into a film by now, the story behind that. Um, yeah, a great place, great wee day out, and very, very under-advertised, even in Japan. I found it about 10 years ago by accident. And uh, I would just say, uh, yeah, get um, get along and visit that next time you're in Japan. 
Johnny, strange life. You got to you want to tell him? Oh yeah, of course. Um, just for the spelling of that band again or that artist, it's Bodaku. B O D I K H U U. Obviously, a Mongolian name. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Hail, hail. Hail, hail. Hail, hail.